1: Want you to take your Bibles and open me to the Book of Joel, please. Joel, 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 chapter two. I'm going to continue as I have been on the subject of revival, and I'm going to talk to you today about living in the overflow, which you already hear that's taking place in the testimonies when people can walk into prisons and see supernatural things happen even when Pastor Derek went into the hospital seven months ago, laid hands on a brother, and here he is. That's living in the overflow. Are you with me? Joel chapter 2, and I want to read verse 23. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten the caterpillar or the cankerworm, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And you will eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed my people shall never be ashamed and you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed it's like God really wants to get it across to you that his people will never be ashamed And it shall come to pass afterwards I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh your sons and daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions I was so happy when that vision came and I had an open vision in the early hours of the morning of the 17th of March 2020 because I had a vision therefore I'm a young man and I saw a vision can you say amen I'm so happy and also upon your servants and handmaids in those days, I'll pardon my spirit. And I'll show wonders in the heavens, in the earth, blood and fire, pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, which see, I think, I mean, I've never seen so many blood moons as in the last three years, before the great and terrible day of the Lord shall come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered, For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Now here we are, obviously he was talking about Israel, and I'm not talking about us replacing them, Israel has their place. But we are talking about the church, because Israel, remember, rejected him, therefore that opened the way for us to become children of the living God. So when when you look under the old covenant and you see any reference towards what was for God's people, that is now for you. You have to take it for yourself. Because they rejected him. The Bible says he came at his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. John chapter 1 and verse 12. So aren't you happy today that he's given you that power to become sons and daughters of the most high God? Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In John chapter 10 and verse 10, the word says, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. So God's desire for every single one of you is that you live out of the overflow of revival and the anointing. Revival, which everybody's throwing it around, some are still looking for it. Are you with me? Revival's not just a gathering of people coming together. Revival is people being transformed by the power of God, people repenting of sin, coming back to their first love, which is what happens when revival grabs a hold of you, and then you don't sit Inside the four walls of the church, you go out in the highways and byways, and everywhere you go, it flows out of you. It's an overflow. If your cup is running over, then it's going to spill over. If you are revived, it's going to spill over. Every single one of you that are members here at the River Tampa Bay Church that are part of this ministry, as God fills you up, He fills you up to pour you out. You hear me use these phrases every time we get together. Why? On purpose, because when you walk out of these doors, there will be everything that will come your way to block you up, to stop the overflow from coming forth. People will tell you to shut up. Don't bring that here. Don't do that here. We don't believe in that here. We don't believe in the laying on of hands. We don't believe in casting out devils. We don't believe in speaking tongues. We don't believe in healing and miracles. And you've got to just look at them and smile and say, I can't help it because this is part of the overflow. Everywhere I go, I'm going to see the overflow of what God has promised. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. The floors shall be full of wheat, and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. That is a person who is living in revival. Everywhere you go, everywhere you go this week, it shall be your portion. Everywhere you go, there will be opportunities to stop the flow. But you have to make a decision, I'm living in the overflow. Somebody said, what if they start running? chase them down <laughs> chase them down i warn people when they come here I, people come here they want, i want to meet with you i have to warn them me tell you right now you come around here you've got to be warned where you're coming this is a radical place why do you think we put the signs up out front warning people this place could be hazardous to your Phariseeism and you said, you see. You could get an attack of excessive joy. You could get a drink of the new wine that flows from heaven. And then you, you might be gone like this for days. People won't be able to get you back to normal or what they consider normal because you're living in the overflow. The abundant life is superabundant in quantity, superior in quality. Superabundant in quality. See, some people have life, but it, the quality of life is terrible. Are you with me? And then the quality is bad. Can the grandbabies be told that Pop-Pop's preaching now, please? If you don't mind, both grandparents? Seriously. See, I had to deal with Kenneth when I was a little boy because they're very vocal, they start talking, but not in church when Pop-Pop's preaching. Thank you. When you have disobedient grandparents, then you have grandbabies that get out of control. Amen. <laughs> Psalm 23 in verse 5, the second part of it said, Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. If your cup's not full, it can't run over. If you're not bubbling over, if you're not overflowing, then you're running at a deficit. And too many people are living in a deficit. That's why they can't go anywhere. If they go anywhere, they have nothing to give. They're empty. They're always running, trying to find some place to get what they need instead of realizing what you need is not found in a place. It's found in a person, and his name is Jesus. And Jesus is the one that comes to reside on the inside of you. So you look to to him who's living on the inside of you, the greater one, the Holy Ghost comes, sets up his home on the inside of you. You look into him. You're following his plan and his purpose. You're not alone, as we try to tell you all the time. Because yeah, you were the great company of people, but when you walk out of here, you find yourself by yourself, but on the inside of you is the Holy Ghost, Amen. and you have to stop and talk to Him and ask for directions. Amen. I do that all the time. Last week, the Lord spoke to me. He said, here's how you lay out the next three years. I said, you know, that's pretty simple. How dumb could I get to still breathe? <laughs> he said, just slow it down, make the adjustment, and just slow everything down and watch what I'm going to do. I said, okay. Because everything I do, I wait on the Lord. Like even going to Ghana, I wait on the Lord. And then when, the, when I, I could feel it, I could feel it was happening. Because I could feel the Lord dealing with me in the night hours. There's something else you're going to have to do. I thought, oh, no. I remember last time what happened. And then, you know, here we are. Now, Namibia and South Africa. So. What, what are we going to do? We're going to go and pour out what's in the overflow. We, we're not going there with a deficit. Are you with me? We, we were talking about this as last week. I was talking to ministers and said, do you know how many missionaries travel to foreign countries and the missionaries have nothing? In actual fact, the missionaries are defunct at their house. Nothing works for them. Their, their church has got like 30 people in it. Are you with me? and they can't preach their way out of a wet paper bag, they jump on a plane and fly to India or fly to Africa and go put on the people stuff they don't even live by back home. Somebody said, how do you know that? Because when I travel, I have to meet the deadhead missionaries that are there. And they look at me and say, I said, what are you doing here? I've been here for 25 years. I hate these people. I said, said, what? Go home. You ugly thing, Hugh. Why would you go to a country and you hate the people? You know, I'm here at the river. I love the people. I love the church. I love the people of Tampa. We love Tampa. We love Amen. Central Florida. We, we love the people. He so said, oh my God, I'm here. He said, do you know how many pastors I go to? They hate the city they're in. They don't want to be in the city they're in. They built this church. They really wish they were gone. In actual fact, most of them start going. They're gone. And they're never there. Somebody said, why? Because what should have stayed in revival became a swamp because they allowed everybody and anybody to come and dictate where and what the waters of God does. You cannot allow educated people that are educated beyond the intellect to come and block up not only the wells, but block up the river. To dam the river up and stop the flow of the Spirit of God. Listen, that's why we started the River Church. That's why we started 27 years ago. This December will be 27 years ago that we started this church with 575 people the first Sunday. Why did we start it? Because they told me, pastors told me, you cannot have a church in revival. And I said, you can have a church in revival but they bring this staff member on, that staff member on, this staff member on. They're all from every place and in between Tom, Dick, and Harry and they stop the flow of the Spirit of God. Well, we don't do that anymore. We used to pray for people. They used to fall under the power but we don't want to do that anymore in case people get offended. So the whole ministry becomes about not offending people and guess what? They offend the Holy Ghost and you know what the Holy Ghost does? He says, goodbye, bye-bye, I'm out of here. I'm gone, I'm gone. Then they look for the water. There's no water. They look for oil. There's no water. They look look for wine. There's no wine. Why? Because the wine became vinegar. The water became sludge. Are you with me? So it's up to the leaders to keep the flow of the Spirit of God. Somebody said, how did they get the thing wrong? Attitudes, 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 and not not grateful for the presence of God, and grateful, and they don't come around and reverence the very presence of God. Listen, the day you start to take for granted what God is doing, the Lord, the Holy Ghost just says, I'm going somewhere else. I'm, I'm not even going to put up with this stuff. That's why we wanted to dedicate this place with four weeks of meetings. And I'm telling you, the power of God was so strong. Oh, yeah. There were meetings here, let me tell you, that wrecked me, that shook me to the core. I talk about what happened in March of, of 2020, but let me tell you, what happened here the last four or five weeks, I'm, t- I'm still reeling from the impact of what took place, especially that Monday morning of the second week. The power of God shook this place. Some we say, well, I wasn't here. Well, that's probably why it shook. No, I'm just teasing, I'm just teasing. It was a joke. (laughs) Overflow. Overflow. Now, you might say, but pastor, I'm not seeing it like I want to see. That's okay. Just handle the portion that God has given unto you and be faithful with the little. And he says, you're going to be ruler over much. Luke 16 and verse 10. Somebody said, well, I really want more. How much can you actually handle? How much can you actually handle? Because with the overflow comes the persecution. Somebody said, why did you have to bring persecution up? Because it will come. Persecution will come. The attacks will come. Somebody said, well, what do I do when the attacks come? Overflow more. Become a flood zone. Are you with me? The attacks will come. You're not praying for the sick anymore. Oh, really? 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 We're going <laughs> to, you, you just picked on the wrong people. You know, th- that's why I'm like the last person that you want to start a mess with. I promise you right now, I just, I have no pullback whatsoever when it comes to the things of God. We are not going to back down. We will never compromise. You know, they're trying to attack, you know, even because we teach on prosperity the way we do. You know why we did that? Because there were idiot preachers taking vows of poverty. I'm not signing on to that nonsense. I'm not a Catholic. I'm not part of the Vatican. And even the Vatican doesn't believe it. They've got the lining of their walls in gold as they pillaged the nations of the earth for centuries. Don't get me started on that. And I'm not against the Catholics. We've got a lot of good Catholic friends and a lot of good Catholic friends that are born again and on fire for God. Are you with me? But the church of Rome is a little different, just so you know. So we have to stay in that place of the overflow. Somebody said, well, why do people stop overflowing? Because somebody said, well, they've heard it before. They've heard my testimony. That's because you're not telling it to new people. You've got to find new people to keep telling your testimony to. And then even if the people around you have heard it before, why would they roll their eyes? Why would they get bored? Why would they say, oh, I've heard this before? They should be able to finish your sentence for you. And the testimony should be as fresh as when it first happened to you. It should be as fresh. Sorry, Pastor. I'm sorry. Yeah, I feel this so strong here today. Amen. How much can you handle? Is, Is your cup half full today? Well, there's got to be filled to the top, to overflowing. What, what do you think happens with Pastor? Donica tells her testimony when she was filled up more and more, and then she talks about this, she does this with her hand. What does she talk about? How I many remember her testimony when she does this, and she talks about being, you know, she does this, she can't talk, and then she does this? How I many you know what that is? You know what that is? It's a meniscus, it's at the top before the thing overflows. So she does this because the thing fills up and it's right at the top, and then she says, a little drop. And she does this. <laughs> and then what happens? The overflow takes place. Hallelujah. I've heard that test me hundreds of times. It always comes down to. It's the overflow. It's the overflow what God wants to do through your life. Somebody said, well, if, if it doesn't overflow from me, it has to overflow from somebody. God's looking for people that will live in the overflow. And I'm happy to tell you that right here at the river on this day, the whatever day it is of February, what is it? The 20th. Sixth of February, okay, it's, uh, 2023. That there's a group of people that are, have decided that they're not going to live at the bottom of the cup. They're not going to live half a cup. They're going to live at a full cup in the overflow. In the overflow. That this week and this next month is going to be a month of the overflow, and it's coming out out of you your innermost being shall flow forth rivers. (laughs) And I know they say you can't live like this. They're lying to you. They're lying to you. The, the Word of God tells you, stir up the gift that was given you. Well, it's a sovereign move of God. Oh, so we got to put up with you like this for the next 10 years until there's some sovereign. Huh? 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 Don't look at me like that. you in charge of your own spirit. I said, you in charge of your own heart. You stir yourself up. Hallelujah, glory to God, uh, we can't live like this, in the world you lived like that, you snorted cocaine, you, sn- you, 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 you sniffed stuff, you injected stuff, you, 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 you smoked stuff, you did everything and you were in the overflow of that, then you can live in the overflow of the glory of God and the presence of God. That's going to happen everywhere you go. In this final hour, men and women full of God will empty places like hospitals. Because we all know what happens in the hospitals. So it's going to take... Holy men, holy woman of God, full of the fire of God, full of the anointing of God, in the overflow to carry that and go in there and go from bed to bed to bed to bed to bed. The pastor of the church in Namibia that we're going to, he never shut down during COVID. And in actual fact, they were killing everybody in his country. And so they wouldn't let him in the hospital. So you know what he did? He said to me, pastor, what I did was I went to the emergency rooms and they wouldn't let me in the emergency room but there were so many people lined up outside trying to get in the emergency room. I said, what did you do? He said, I went because they'd left me alone out there. I laid hands on everybody outside until everyone was healed. They left, they left. So there was nobody going into the emergency room anymore. He said, then I went in the emergency room. I emptied the emergency rooms. They said, you can't come in here. He said, I can. It's an emergency. And he laid hands on everybody. They all left. And then he just barged into the hospital. He said, we emptied all the hospitals. He said, when, when we flew him over here, because I wanted to get him out just so he could have a bit of a rest, there were only eight people in the hospital wow. in, in his country that, that had COVID. Only eight. Only eight from a country that was gonna die from all of the mandates that were taking place in his nation. But he just went and let the overflow take place. We are not gonna be dictated to by the World Health Organization. We're not gonna be dictated to by the United Nations. We're not gonna be dictated to by what comes out of the White House. We're not gonna be dictated by the CDC. We're not gonna be dictated by any of these outside agencies we are dictated to you by what the Word of God says and God tells us to do. Can you say Amen? Yeah. That's why this stand has been going, what, 988 days? Today's 989 days. He's from Turkey. He's okay. (laughs) He's Turkish. Everybody's different. I said, everybody's different. So, they said, you can't have a church in revival. I said, I beg to differ. And many of those places that we had revival in, within a year, they shut it down. They shut it down. Because the leader didn't have revival. The people had revival, but the leader didn't have revival. So, revival is not necessarily a good thing for a church where the leadership are not going to change and allow the Holy Spirit to have free reign. In extra fact, revival could be the closing of the doors of the church, which if you read the diary of John Wesley, he said, I went into a church, there were 300 people, and I left them 125 strong. (laughs) Go read his diary. There were many churches that he went in and cleaned the house, cleaned it. Somebody said, that would be terrible. Thank God we don't have to do that here at the river because everybody that's been here for 26 years, they're all in the flow, are you with me? New people are coming, they're all jumping in the flow of the Holy Ghost and doing what God's telling them to do and getting them ready for when he launches them to go and overflow somewhere else. Some of you are gonna be prepared to go overflow in a town in America. Some of you will be prepared to go overflow in, in countries and nations overseas. Amen. Amen. So let me just run through this. I'll take just a few minutes and talk about a church and revival because it's not one or the other. Because I see so many churches, they take one aspect of revival. So every place that's worshiping God, first of all, let me just say this. What happened in Ashbury and what's happening in university campuses and people coming together and worshiping God, I'm totally for that. Because many of these universities are work and we're going the way of Black Lives Matter and Antifa and the 57 genders and all that kind of garbage. So anytime you've got thousands of kids worshiping or just on their face crying out to God, you'd be an idiot to not say, oh yeah, because everybody wanna argue that's not really a move of God. Well, maybe it's not a move of God like you want it to be a move of God, but it's a whole lot of a move of God that it had before because it was nothing before. But just so you know, you can sing 24 hours a day, seven days a week, month in, month out, and it's not revival. It is people worshiping God. And there's nothing wrong with that. Are you with me? There's nothing wrong with worshiping God, but that's not revival. Because most churches are never going to sit and worship God 24-7 around the clock as a congregation. They're not going to do it. Because some of them only worship 18 minutes. How many know our worship goes for an hour plus? So we already have incorporated worship into this congregation. And there have been times where we worship for an hour and a half. Or even maybe close to two hours. Whatever God wants. I'm going to give you 12 things here. You can write this down for church. Worship. Oh, I see people online. If every church would just shut the church down and just worship God 24 7, it'd be great. Well, first of all, every church that they're talking to has already been shut down because they're shut down because of COVID. Hello. Listen to me carefully. There are no people to worship. Hello. The reason why there's people on university campuses because they are all there getting educated. Are you with me? They're all there on campus, there to study. The churches in the towns of some of the, where these universities are, are closed. C-L-O-S-E-D, closed. The preachers have left. They are wall, absent without leave. And if you've been around these parts for long enough, you would have heard me telling you that the day will come when God's going to shake whole university campuses. And I can take you back to 2003, 4, and 5. I can take you back to the 90s when we talked about that. So why would I get upset about that happening? I'm not upset about that. I'm very happy about that. But then all these people that have never had revival, suddenly now they experts revival, I'll tell you the only way to have revival is just we just shut everything down and we'll just worship. And then they say they say there's no offerings received. <clears throat> On a university campus that charges tuition, that's like fourteen hundred dollars a credit hour, they don't need to receive offerings. They're already gouging you through don't even get me started because people are talking like idiots. They don't even know what they're talking about. How does a church function if the people don't give? How does a university function if they don't have tuition? Our university, on the other hand, does not take tuition. We scholarship everybody. Yeah. <laughs> millions of millions of dollars. So I get irritated because I hear Idiots talking about what they think revival is. We just, we just come and we all just worship God for hours and all. Okay, so you have to have worship leaders that are anointed to do that, number one. What church has a worship leader that's anointed to just worship God? Hello? They'll run out of things to sing after the first 20 minutes. Don't look at me like that if you don't believe what I'm saying. Go back and search YouTube for all the Zoom meetings that happened during the lockdowns. Go search, and you'll hear the most horrible worship you ever heard in your life. <laughs> Somebody said, oh, there's no lights. There's no, there's no, you know, there's no screens or whatever. Who cares? It's an old university. The thing's been there for several hundred years. People haven't put the infrastructure to modernize it. What's that got to do with it? You can have all the screens and no power, and you can have all the screens and power. It's got nothing to do with that. Are you with me? So worship is important, but worship's not the whole thing. For a church now, I'm speaking to churches. We didn't come here, we're just going to worship the whole Sunday. We do all night prayer meetings. Okay, well, I'm already jumping the gun. And I told you there's going to be some times where we worship through the night. And we've already done prayer and praise nights where we worship through the night and all that. We pray for 12 solid hours. But it does not take the place of the preaching of the word and that's, what, that's why the thing doesn't remain controversial because the moment you get up to preach the word, then you have all the people nitpicking on what they think is the word. Well, that's not even in the scripture and that's where the controversy of revival comes. Although even the songs are creeping in now that have doctrine that is not like they want it. So worship, important. Testimonies. I'll tell you, well, all we just need to do is just have testimonies of people's lives that have changed. We could have testimonies yet till the cows come home, the moon turns green, and the monkeys chew tobacco. <laughs> how many have a testimony of something the Lord's done for you this past year? Okay, so if I gave you the mic and everybody went through the testimony, how long would we be here? For days. Like five days later, i tell you, there's a revival broken out of the River Church. They've been testifying around the clock 24 hours a day. Oh, really? Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> the people are testifying. They're testifying when they get out of here. That's why 4,000 people were saved last week. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> then giving. I'll tell you, it, it's a revival, and nobody gives. Did you see what happened in Ashbury? That one student was there. People started throwing money at him. So don't come talk to me about giving. When revival breaks out, people start giving, and people were running down. It became a highlight, and everybody's throwing money on the platform. Come on! Don't come talk to me about revival. You know nothing about revival. When revival breaks out, a spirit of giving is going to hit the people. Go read the book of Acts. Go read People start selling things and bringing it. People start bringing stuff and laying it at the apostles' feet. Go read the book of Acts. Yes, Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then the preaching and the teaching of the word. Somebody said, well, just anybody should be able to teach. You don't know who's teaching. It's the same as a hospital. You don't know which doctors in there. Oh, well, we just allow any doctor to come. It doesn't matter, he has a license, he comes in from uh, Guadalajara, he's coming in from Cuba. In South Africa, they took doctors from Cuba. Do you know how they were giving people tonsillectomies? They were cutting their throats to take the tonsils through their throats. How many know the degree for a doctor in Cuba is a little different than the degree at say, uh, you know, Boston? We need your tonsils out. <coughs> tonsils out. Two big scars on the person. Come on. Well, we, we just need to let everybody minister. It's the ministry of the laity. Listen, people, if you're going to allow that, if you want to know why Zeus's Street stopped? Because nobody was there in charge, and the witches came in, and the witches began to mix the witches' brew, and the whole thing came to an end. Come on. Come on. Somebody has to be. The person that can actually interpret and say, that's not of God. That's not of God. I'm sorry. You're not going to do that here. Now, you're going see we pastors trying to be controlling. I'm not. I've done this for a long, long time. This is my 43rd year of ministry. I've been in 85 countries. I know what works, and I know what doesn't work. I know what's working here at the river, and I know what God's about to do here in the next three years. Can you say amen? amen. So, giving. And then preaching and teaching. Preaching and teaching are integral to revival. The, the most important part of it, if you go back to the days of, of Finney and Wesley, they didn't have people worshiping, they didn't have any of that stuff, they just had preachers. You know how you know America's broken out in a great awakening when there are mighty men and women of God with a trumpet-like voice that are raised up by the hand of God to go out and preach it, and the whole cities are being shaken. Yeah. Even when they want to kill you, and they tried to kill, they wanted to kill Finney, they threatened him, if you come to our town, we're going to kill you. Uh, go read the history, I've read it. Well, we don't have that. We just, like, we have a nice revival. There's no such thing as a nice revival. I said, there's no such thing as a nice revival. Yeah. It's a messy business. It's a whole herd of swine running down the hill on the sea. Are you with me? And that's just the deacons. So preaching and teaching is very, very important, and it's very important that it comes from bold people who know what they believe, that are not wishy-washy, that don't change their doctrine like some people change the underwear. At least I hope you do. Somebody said, yeah, but Pastor, I had to go to side too." I understand that. People during the hurricane, that's what happened. You, you go down south to Naples, Fort Myers, people were going to side two. Some people went back to side one. Was, there was nothing to wash in. There was nothing. Anyway, leave that alone. Okay. So, preaching and teaching. Everybody say preaching and teaching. And then souls saved. Souls, 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 souls. Which, which I'm hearing that that's been happening on the campuses. The kids are praying to accept Jesus. They're getting saved. So, hey, yes. souls, it's all about souls. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. And then signs and wonders and miracles. People being healed, delivered, set free. Obviously, we do what we can in the natural to help people. Obviously, we try to get them to eat right, and we get them on natural medicines and stuff like that, herbs and vitamins and all that kind of stuff, which of course, the CDC says does, does nothing for you. But we'll try to get whatever does nothing, at least to help you. At least you can think it's doing something for you. Are you with me? Yes. And, uh, then all the warning labels on all the other medicine, where the side effect is blurred, vision, slurred speech, diarrhea. Hallucinations. In extreme cases, you might wander naked in the street, but it's going to help your heart. In the unlikely event of death, call your doctor. Anybody say signs and wonders signs and, wonders. and miracles. miracles. Every one of you should be a part of that. So it's not people coming to go to some place to get what they don't have. It's the people of God carrying what they do have to everybody that doesn't have.
0: Oh, yes. It's
1: all about Jesus. Amen. All about Jesus. Prayer. We pray, but we could pray. We could sit and pray. We could lock everything down and pray for another month, 24 hours around the clock, and never see the moon. Because when you pray, you have to get up to go do. You have to get up and do. When you pray, you have to go do. We prayed fervently of America. The Lord says, go to Washington, D.C. And we've been there 39 nights and did. When the drought broke out in Cape Town, was the last time we were there, 2018, we went there, a drought, the city was running out of water and I was, we were praying over the city. The Lord said, go break the drought. I said, seriously, what's that city got to do with me? He said, go break the drought. And now we're really have 5,000 people waiting because they remember that a crazy African-American came and stood there on a field in front of Table Mountain and spoke, and the rains came. Yeah. So prayer is important, but it's not one without the other. Because I know whole churches that are prayer churches, but they, they fall behind in all those other things. And then joy. Some said, don't, don't bring that up again. That joy. joy. Why do people have to go and do the thing sad? I don't understand that. You know, which is crazy. I have a very serious message, yet everywhere I go, joy happens. Think about that for a moment. Some people think because of the joy that what we're doing is a joke, but they don't realize it's not a joke. It's real. These are eternal things. I don't know what, I tell you this every Sunday. I don't know what people are going to do when they get to heaven. I don't know what they're going to do. Because it's a place of excessive joy. The joy in heaven is beyond anything you can ever even begin to imagine. There will not be an angel going, calm down. I am the angel, the monitor, to monitor you. And there's been excessive joy coming from your mansion, and we've received complaints from several other people at the mansions roundabout, and they said that you've had nonstop rejoicing from the time you got here in Earth years, about two million years, and you still keep shouting and running around. You probably need to calm down. You do have all eternity to get excited. Calm down and just be normal. So there'd be joy. 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 Joy, joy, joy. In the presence of the Lord. And that outflow, the outflow, outflow. A church that has an outflow. How many are winning souls? Wave your hand at me, all the soul winners here. Look at that. Look at that. You do that in churches, you get ten percent. I'm serious. Who's who's the soul winner here? Wave your hand at me. Yeah, look at that. That means you tell somebody else, at least one a day, about Jesus. How hard is that? Somebody's dying. Well, I'm so sorry for you. You're dying let me pray a prayer for you. Lord, you know. Amen. (laughs) That's what religion does. What can we do? He's dying. I'll say a special prayer for you after you're dead. No, can I pray with you right now? I want you to pray this after me. Why must I pray after you right now? Because you don't, where are you going? Do you know where you're going? No, I don't. Why well, I'm going to make sure you know where you're going. Yes, exactly. Amen? Yes. How many heard the story of one of the top restaurant owners here in the city of Tampa? Burns Steakhouse. Okay, so he was dying. His wife was a little Methodist lady. She called the church, said, would I come pray for him? So I get the year that had a stroke. So I walk in, he's lying on the bed. His wife said, Now, he can't argue. A person that's had a stroke cannot argue with you. <laughs> and he's dying. So, you know, one, one of them, they tried to win him as a friend so that I can come back and come talk to him again and then come back. No, he's dying. He's dying. So I looked at him and I said, Burn. I said, what you've done is amazing. The restaurant, we love at The family go there the time. But I've, I'm not here to talk to you about your restaurant. I'm here to talk to you about you. I'm here to talk to you about your life. Yeah. He couldn't talk, so he, he, he can't speak, can't acknowledge anything. So I said, yes, well, because I said, Lord, how do I get him to pray with me? Okay. So the Lord said, well, he can't talk, but you can do this. If he wants you to pray with you, the prayer to accept Jesus, have him blink three times. So I said, I know you can't talk, but you can't blink. So he said, if you would like me to pray with you, then won't you do this right? And just blink three times. And he went like this. And blinked three times. I said, okay. Yeah. So then I talked to him about sin. I talked about repentance. I talked about getting right with God. And I talked about accepting Jesus as the Lord and Savior. I said, this is not even an option. If you want to know where you're going to go today, you have to accept Jesus, repent of your sin, and if you're willing to do that, I'm going to pray with you. If you want to, just blink three times, he goes. So he blinked. So I said, okay, I'm going to lead you in prayer, and when I pray, I want you to blink after me. So when I say, dear Lord Jesus, you go. So that's what I did. So I pray the prayer, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me on my sin, Come into my heart right now. And I led him in the whole prayer. He, he blinked his way through the whole prayer. And when I finished, I said, in Jesus' name, amen. He went... I said, then I'm going to see you in heaven. And today Jesus has come into your life and your whole life. And then I laid hands on him and prayed for him. And I walked out. It was long after that. He went home to be with the Lord. But that guy was saved in the twinkling of an eye. Are you with me? And he blinked his way. First person I know that blinked their way into heaven. In heaven, they'd probably walk around and say, how did you get saved? I got saved in the twinkling of an eye. I got saved because a preacher came in and wouldn't give up on me even though I couldn't talk. He made me blink. (laughs) You use every opportunity and God will give you away. So, the outflow. And then a church that's alive. Alive, a living church. Do you know how many churches we go to? They did. They D-E-A-D did. The pastors did. The choir is dead. The singers are dead. Everybody's dead. No one told them. Why do you think that in 24 hours, over 5,000 people have already registered in the city of Cape Town, why? Why? They are so hungry. They are so hungry, they're so hungry, they're so thirsty. People want life. They want life. Somebody said, well, we need to shorten the service. For what? When you, were, when you were boozing, did you say, we need to shorten the booze session? Yeah. You drank into 2, 3, or 4 o'clock in the morning? What are you talking about? We, you know, I think we've been going a little long. It is 2 o'clock in the morning. We, we just need to shorten this a little bit, you know. Why? Wow, so people can come back tomorrow. They're coming back tomorrow? They, they're going to do. That's what they did. They lived in bars. That's true. Well, we just need to shorten the service so people come back next Sunday. Well, where are they going to go? Well, they might not want to come back. Okay. So everything's in a hurry, it's quickly. So sorry we've taken this long with you. We'll hurry up in case I see some people have fallen asleep here today, because it's so boring what I have to share with you. we we'll are trying to make the services shorter for you. And then the last one is, The church is moving. It's always moving. It's always moving. It's always on the move. A church on the move is a church alive. It's always on the move. It's on the move. A church on the move. People are moving. We have have so many evangelists based out of here that are having crusades all over the world. We have ministers based out of here that are actually on the field right now getting people saved. How many traveling evangelists are here in the service right now? Stand quickly. Just have a look. These are traveling ministers that are here, right? Now. <laughs> Hallelujah. We we are relentless, and will be relentless. And we will not stop living out of the overflow. And we let God do whatever he wants to do. We're not one without the other. It's everything that he has. Can you say amen? amen? I want you to bow your heads, if you would, please. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to give an invitation this morning to those that have come If it is this category, you say, Pastor, I've never, ever given my life to Jesus, but today I want to surrender my life to him. I want to invite Jesus to come into my heart. I've been living a life of self and sin, but today I'm coming home. Today I'm surrendering my life to him. I want you to know there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun." And you don't have to go to devil's hell because 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid, the blood was shed, and just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood. Drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sin is plunged beneath that flood. Lose all the guilty stain. Today, the power of sin will be broken off of your life, and the power of guilt and shame will be removed from your life, and you walk out of this place changed forever. Not because of a man, but because of Jesus. Secondly, maybe you're coming to this place and you're watching by way of television. And you say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord and days gone by, but I've grown cold. I'm not serving God like I should, but today I feel the pull of heaven and I'm coming back. I want to recommit my life to him. He said, I will take out the stony heart and put in the heart of flesh. He said, a new spirit will I put within you. Today, pride and unforgiveness and bitterness and jealousy will be removed from your life anger, lust, hidden things that clog the heart of man today. He'll give you a new spirit, a new heart. You say, Pastor, I've been serving the Lord for years, and out of the blue, this thing hit me like a Mack truck from hell, like a hurricane from hell, and I can't get back. I I try to read my Bible. It's not the same. I try to pray. It's not the same. I, I don't know what's the problem. A storm came against me, a sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked my world. But today, I'm going to run back. I'm running back to Jesus. I'm going to surrender my life afresh to him. Will you let him do that today? Will you say, yes, Lord Jesus? He stands with arms wide open. He says, come. Will you allow him to do that, please? He calls you. He calls you. He says, come, come. And then lastly, if you here and you say, Pastor, I love the Lord, that's not even a question. But I don't have the assurance. I don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm a child of God. And I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. I want to know that I know that I know that I'm saved. If this is you and you fit in any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and for you right where you are. Quickly, go ahead and just put your hand up and say, pray for me right now. Thank you. Hands are going up there. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Up in the balcony, on the west balcony, raise it up high. I said, if you can help me with the lights there. On the south balcony, raise your hand. There's hands up there on the, on the floor. Again, under there, up on the floor, over on, this, on the north balcony. God bless you. Anybody else, quickly, slip that hand up and say, yes. Yes, Lord, today's my day. Today's my day of freedom. I'm not leaving here the same way I came. In Jesus' name in Jesus' name. Once you've raised your hand, you can put it down. I want you to look at me right now, please. Under this section over here and then this part of the balcony, you did not raise your hand, but you want to be included in the prayer that I'm going to pray right now. Quickly, put that hand up and say, include me. Include me. I see your hand, young man. I see your hand, sir. Anybody else? Under the balcony, God bless you. Anybody else? Anyone else? The middle section here, All the way up into the west balcony, quickly slip that hand up and say, yes, that's me. I see your hands. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. On the south balcony in this section over here, just slip your hand up. I see your hand. Anybody else? All right. I want every person that raised your hand to stand to your feet right now, all across the building. Stand right now. Just stand. I want you to come from where you are. Come stand right here. I'm going to ask you to come, come, come right now, come right now, come. Bring your personal belongings and come. Those from the balcony, we'll wait for you as you come. Come, stand right here. Just face me. Yeah, yeah. Come, come. To follow Jesus, I have decided. behind me. Behind me. No, turning back. No, turning back. no turning back. No turning back. You can take the whole world, but give me Jesus. The whole world can But give me Jesus give me You can take the whole back back. hallelujah I want everyone to look at me if you would please we're going to pray a simple prayer one prayer fits all if you mean business with God God means business with you and I've had the privilege of doing this in 85 countries of the world so somebody said well pastor you don't know what I've done where I've been no I don't and it's none of my business I know what Jesus has done and where he's been And what Jesus has done and where he's been cancels out what you've done and where you've been if you believe today. So I want you to just close your eyes, raise your right hand to heaven, and pray this out loud. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your words, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead, I will be saved. So Father, right now, I confess, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I thank you right now by faith I receive the free gift of salvation from this moment I'm saved I'm born again I'm on my way to heaven my life is yours I belong to you now just lift both hands and just thank him just take a moment just personally and just thank him just say yes Lord. Just say, yes, Lord. Just say, yes, Lord. Now, Father, I pray that you would seal them by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day not one would be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them in a powerful way to touch the lives of many people, we pray in Jesus' name. That's the presence of the Lord on you right now. That's the power of God just coming on you right now. Every chain being broken, every yoke being destroyed right now, every bondage, totally free, totally free, totally free. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Amen. you look at me right now. That's it. As a servant of the Most High God, by the power of the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the Word of God, and by the awesome power of the Holy Spirit, i tell every one of you right now, your sins are forgiven you right now. Forgiven. Forgiven. Amen. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of
0: Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Doctors Rodney and
1: Adonica Howard Brown or for additional resources, visit revival.com.